From the headquarters of the Jameson Media Complex, broadcasting from the GreenIndustryPodcast.com studios, it's the Green Industry Podcast, where Paul and his guests discuss lawn and landscape business best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. Now, here's your host, best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, Paul Jameson. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of the Green Industry Podcast, backed by popular demand. Dr. Frank Holloman in the house. What's up, Dr. Frank? Hey, Paul. Good to be with you again. Yeah, it's good to have you back. And uh, ratings actually, it, you know, climb up uh, the charts or whatnot when you're around. So we got to keep bringing you back. Well, I like to come back, and here's why. Because I really... I really respect what you're doing here. You've got so much knowledge, so much expertise, and you're really helping people in your industry gain from the knowledge and experience that you had over the years. And I just really support that. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Frank. And you're a fan favorite around here. So looking forward to picking your brain on marketing. And I want to go ahead and say thank you to today's show sponsors, the Gulf Coast Bookkeeping the Hardscape Academy, our friends at GPS Track It, which is your easy-to-use fleet management solutions all in one place. Dr. Frank, GPS Track It gave me this device that you put into the OBT, OBD port into your vehicle, and it will actually track where the vehicle is at. So if Pookie says, you know, he's at <laughs> Mrs. Smith's house, right? Where are you at, Pookie? I'm, I'm, I'm on the, you know, at Mrs. Smith's, right? Well, you can look at the OB, you can look at the stats from your computer in the tracking. Where is he actually at? You know, is he at CVS? Is he at the bowling alley or, you know? Well, let me ask you this, Paul. Does it also <laughs> identify the amount of time at any one location? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's time and driver management. It tracks all of that. Wow. Th- their dashboard's phenomenal. And so I think that if you have multiple crews, it definitely helps you monitor what they're doing, where they're, what, where, how fast they're going. It shows you uh, the vehicle, you know, the, the average speed and, and all kind of information uh, on there. And uh, they'll, they'll do a onboarding with you. You can call them. They're running a special in August. You can get your first month free, actually. And then you can just call them and ask them whatever questions you got risk-free and just figure it out if it's if it's a good fit for uh, your company. Wow, that sounds like a really good deal. Yeah, and they're local. They're, well, local to us here in Atlanta. They're right down the street where you're from, Peachtree Corners. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what, uh, what is it? Technology Center of the World? Before Silicon Valley. <laughs> well, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so we appreciate everyone who sponsors the show, guys. Uh, you know, go ahead and show them your support. So Dr. Frank, you know, we talk off air business all the time. Uh, you've been in business for, I don't know how many businesses you've had over the years, but I was talking about your accountant and you're like, I got this bank account for this business, this bank account for that business, but uh, you've been around the block. So uh, marketing, is important whether you're in a lawn care business, landscaping business, hardscaping business, medical field, you need to learn how to market. That's exactly right. In fact, um, there there's a famous book. Uh, I'll think of the guy's name in a minute. Dan was, Kennedy? No, not him. <laughs> uh, he's famous too. But I, I, it's an inside joke. He's always, you're always quoting Kennedy. Peter Drucker. That's okay. the name. He was, uh, he's long passed away, but he was a very famous uh, management and business consultant to the top Fortune 100 companies, I think in the early 1960s. 
he played a very big role in transforming General Electric, and then it became much more profitable and, and had the boom years in the mid-60s into the 70s, something like that. Anyway, he, he wrote a lot of books, and he was respected internationally with uh, his knowledge about business management. And uh, out of all the things, though there's a lot of quotes actually about him, but one of my favorite quotes out of all the things he said was he said, when you boil business down for any business owner, whether it's a big a Fortune 500 company or it's um, Chuck in the truck, like you <laughs> like to say, uh, in the lawn care and, and landscaping business, he said all of the businesses from big to small are really, when you boil it down, that, that business is only two things, and that's getting and keeping customers. That's what every business is about. And everything that's built around, um, or built in the business is built around those two ideas, getting and keeping customers. If you can do that, you've got a viable business and you've proven if you can do that, that you bring value to the marketplace and people come to you and, and they pay. Yeah, getting and keeping customers. So how do you do that, Dr. Frank? Well, if you think about it, uh, getting and keeping customers sounds like things that you should do in your business and do them well that are related to marketing. Mm -hmm. And what is marketing? Marketing really is just any kind of contact directly or even indirectly that you, your business has with the customer. Uh, certainly that's going to be face to face talking with your customer, mm -hmm. uh, whether you're trying to get them as a customer or you already have them as a customer, mm -hmm. but it's also talking to them on the telephone when they call or emailing them or sending them a bill or an invoice, any kind of contact is marketing and an opportunity to present your company in its very best light. Yeah. And I think talking about taking care of people, the, the keeping the customer part, it's so important because we can get so gung ho about recruiting the customer and, and, and bringing them into our, our pipeline, into our ecosystem, and, you know, eventually becoming a customer. And then we can, you know, forget about them. And that's really dangerous. I think we need to be proactive to really take care of these people the way we want to be taken care of and, and, and well, to try to keep them around, you know? Yeah, absolutely, Paul, because uh, getting the customer is, is what we normally think about marketing. You know, what's my strategy? What's my plan to get exposure and to expose my message in a way that's compelling where people want to become my customer? But what you just talked about is the other side of the equation, according to Peter Drucker. And that is, how do I keep that customer once I have them? And that's lots of things. Uh, quality, um, how you interface with them and make them happy and even delight them beyond their, their own expectations. If you can over-deliver, that, that speaks volumes to the customer. Yeah. You sound like your uh, word for word was in my new book that uh, will be coming out soon. I talked about that as exceeding customers expectations, keeping the customer pleased. It's a trait that I found in 500 plus episodes. Now that guys that do a really good job, they're able to exceed their customers expectations and keep them around. You use that word quality you know, quality work's going to keep people. You just got, you brought Chick-fil-A over here to the studio. You had, you know, I use them all <laughs> example all the time because yeah. you have a quality experience when you go there. Yeah. They're, they're very, you know, they say my pleasure. They're nice to you. And uh, the food, I, I mean. And they're cheerful too. Cheerful. Yeah. yeah so quality, you have a quality experience 
every single time. I've never been to Chick-fil-A and they gave me an attitude or, you know. I agree. And that's happened. Yeah, I go to Wendy's. You know, I, there is no line at Wendy's, you know, and you pull around and then no one comes to the window and then some <laughs> guy does. Boxers hanging out. He's like, what you want? You know, I was like, and then, uh, you know, large fry, biggie. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it's right. in hit or miss. Taco Bell, McDonald's, Burger King. It's all the same. Sometimes it's a, it's a hit or miss, but Chick-fil-A, you're getting quality. Yeah, exactly. So and they got a line wrapped around three times, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, Peter Drucker was talking about this back in the late 50s and early 60s to the biggest corporations in the world. It, it applies to any company across the board, just like you were talking about. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say on keeping customers? Because I'm trying to really figure that out. Well, yes. Um, what you guys can't see, Doctor Holloman's pages and pages of notes here. I love, I love it. You're, you're our most intellectual guest we have on. So, okay, most people just show up, man. You, you, you come with notes and notebooks and books and. Well, I've done a lot of research on marketing because I've been a business owner for over twenty years, and had, like you said, I've had several businesses. But there was some really good research that came out of an academic who was at. Um, I think he was at Northwestern University. He was a marketing professor. He's written a lot of books. And um, he had, as a result of being a professor, his name is uh, Phil Kotler. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, people in your audience have heard of him. He's got great books. I'd recommend anything that he wrote, as I would Peter Drucker. And he had a lot of consulting jobs, even as a professor, because companies would call him. They said, we read your books. We heard about you. We read some articles that you've written. Can, can we pay you to come and consult with our company? And he went into thousands of companies over his career. He may be retired now. I'm not even sure he's still alive. But anyway, he had a very successful, long career. He's, he knows the insides of thousands of companies, big and small. And he found some commonalities in terms of marketing. And um, now the book that you're writing is commonality with people that are successful in your industry. And it's across the board. It's not just marketing focus. He had a marketing focus. And he found that there were basically uh, 12 different things that in marketing, the companies that were struggling and not really reaching their full potential in getting and keeping customers uh, he found the commonality in 12 different areas. It was really the top 12 problem areas that every company needs to be thinking about, our business owners need to be thinking about. Can we start going through some of those? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you left us with a tease. That, that tease was so good. Let's go to a commercial break. I, I'm not used to teases this good. Folks, we'll be right back. More Dr. Holman. He's going to share with us these 12 marketing tips coming right up. You've heard Caleb and Brittany Allman talking about the Hardscape Academy, but have you checked it out for yourself? The HardscapeAcademy.com is the place to get the skills and training you and your crew need to excel as a professional hardscaper. You'll learn all the techniques and best practices to properly install pavers and retaining walls. You'll have access to online video training courses, in-person apprenticeships, comprehensive guides, and customizable business forms. Plus, there are two free courses which cover everything slab, from initial planning to final installation, and again, those are absolutely free. 
If you're serious about mastering your skills, abilities, efficiency, and bottom line, the hardscapeacademy.com is for you, and that link is in today's show notes. Do you come home ready to relax after a hard day's work and find that your bookkeeping demands your time? Truth be told, you can't give it your full energy or focus. It just sits there most nights untouched, continually haunting you. It's costing you good decision-making and your peace of mind. Gulf Coast Bookkeeping provides a bookkeeping solution to landscapers that is guaranteed to give you back your time and your peace of mind. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute call. Don't trick yourself into thinking you can handle it all. It won't be long before you're saying, no to new clients or skipping dinner with your family and friends all because your bookkeeping needs are unfinished. Let us take care of your green so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com. GPS Track, it makes managing your driver, vehicles, and equipment assets simple with the latest technology and personalized, friendly customer support for service businesses of all sizes. With GPS Track, it, you get a real-time view of where your fleet vehicles are around the clock helping improve route density and operate more efficiently. GPS Track It has been delivering peace of mind for over 12,000 customers in lawn and landscaping, and they've been doing it for over 20 years. Are you ready to protect your fleet, save money, and cut down on fuel costs? Call 844-996-2518 to speak with a knowledgeable fleet advisor. No pressure, no hassles, low monthly fees, and no contracts. 844-996-2518 or visit greenindustrypodcast.com slash GPS track it. All right, guys, we're back here with Dr. Frank talking marketing. Northwestern professor comes out with 12 uh, marketing tips here. Dr. Frank, go ahead and fire off some of these. Your pile of notes there. Okay. Well, um, really, the, uh, he doesn't talk about this in his book, but when I read his book... Oh, I, I thought you had these written down. No, I do have them written down, okay. but I I categorize them a little differently than he talked about it in his book. Okay. And I think it adds um, a better way of understanding it. He, he basically said, uh, the way I read the book anyway, is that there was a few areas in each of these main... Uh, categories and one is uh, research really understanding your market your local market or mm. if, if you're big enough you know your regional market however big your company is in lawn care and and landscaping um, it really pays to do your market research mm. and it doesn't have to be sophisticated and and uh, complicated it's just really understanding the people that you want to market to and what they're thinking and what they want. And anyone who's been in business for a while and talked to customers, they get a feel for that. Yeah. we. I heard from a guy recently, he was passing out postcards in a neighborhood for his fertilizer <laughs> and he passes them out throughout the whole neighborhood. And the lady drives, he's like, Hey, would you, I'd love your service. And she's like, that'd be great, sweetheart. But we have a company that does all the yards through the HOA. They didn't do his market research to know that what he wasted all that time walking around by foot, passing out his business cards. They, there's no way they could have hired him because they had one company, you know, do the whole entire that that's actually common where one company, you know, a neighborhood with 300 homes, the HOA will just hire one company. They'll come in on one day or two days and they'll just do them all. 
exactly. Cookie cutter. But hey, anyway, study yeah, your market. Yeah, and I've I've heard you talk, Paul, too, about really understanding who are your best customers. Yeah. Because if, if your best customers are the ones that you can up your price. And you don't need as many of them to make the same amount of money with your worst customers. Yeah. And I, there's a guy named Randy who I, I just really uh, come to really cherish this guy because he wanted the edge perfect around every garden bed, which I just love edging. And he wanted flowers, not once a year. He wanted begonias in the spring and, and, and some other kind of flowers. And then he wanted his pansies in the fall. He wanted his mulch done um, every year in, in February. And then he'd want us to come back again later in the year and put in fresh mulch again. And we do pretty much the same thing with the pine straw. He basically wanted his yard perfect year round. And he wanted us to come every single week. And he told me, he's like, listen, if you ever notice anything that, that you think you could do to make our property look better, he's like, just do it. He's like, if it's over $600, shoot me a quick text for authorization. But if it's under 600 bucks, He's like, and you think if you lived here and you wanted to have the nicest yard in the neighborhood, what would you do? You know what I mean? He's like, I want the, I want people to pull past my house and to stop and look, you know what I mean? Wow. And, and so he's like, just gave me freedom. He's like, just do it. Don't, don't bother me. He works at a skyscraper in downtown Atlanta. You know what I mean? He's like, don't bother me. Just do it and leave the invoice and we'll pay you. And then if it ever was over 600, I'd, every time I'd say something, you know, he'd authorize like, yeah, go for it. So that was my ideal customer because money wasn't the issue and my prices are reasonable or whatnot. And he'd always give me tips and gift cards and, you know, like, Hey, go grab dinner. If I ever come home and he, he's working, I'm working when he comes home, he's like, hey, give me 40 bucks. Like go grab dinner. And he's like, don't be buying no fast food. Go get you a steak, you know? And, uh, but anyway, I was like, man, this is the kind of customer that I want that he wants this place to look great. And he's willing to pay. And then that kind of weeds out, you know, other folk that are, you know, Caleb Allman says if somebody calls him, you met him at the hype house. If someone calls Caleb and it's like, hey, we're just searching for a good price, lowest price, you know, we're, we're getting many quotes and going to look for a good price. He's like, you know, he pivots out of that as fast as he can because they're, they're looking for a, a deal rather than quality. Right. A couple of comments about that, Paul, uh, before I go into the rest of this, I love what what you just said in that story, because uh, not only did you filter out somebody like him to be a good customer, but he filtered you out to be a good service provider because you had his trust. He basically said anything up to $600, just do it. I trust you. Yeah. And then the Thanksgiving and, and Christmas and, you know, just it, we, we, we formed a friendship too, you know what I mean? And, and that's a whole nother conversation for another day of what boundaries set with your customer. But that, that's, that's what I'm looking for. And when you do that, you, you, you got, uh, the quantity doesn't have to be as extreme when you have that quality. And, and like you said, you can make five, six times the revenue on that property than other than what I'm saying is he spends so much money on enhancements. It's e easily a $10,000 a year account versus how many yards do you have to mow to make 10,000 bucks? Absolutely. You know, I mean? you, you know, the way that I would summarize what you just talked about is there's really two kinds of customers if you want to simplify it. And that is there's uh, price, uh, price shoppers and value shoppers. And you'll find that there are some people that have the mentality where price is the only thing. They're looking for the cheapest thing and it doesn't matter. And you can't convince them of anything otherwise. And then there's the people who are the value shoppers and they really understand that sometimes you pay more, you get more mm -hmm. in, in the things that are really important. And it, often the people who are well-to-do or have means 
are value shoppers, almost all of them. Yeah. And they're going to vet through the neighborhood. They're going to ask, you know, Randy's going to talk to Bob who lives in a $2 million house and, and they're going to talk together and say, Hey, who did you use for this? And they're going to talk back and forth. Price doesn't even come up. They're going to talk about quality. Is this person on prompt? Do they do a good job? Are they competent? That's the conversations that they're having. And I, I think on the flip side of that, not to get too far down a, a trail here, Dr. Frank, but I think as consumers ourselves, taking the business owner hat off now, but putting the consumer hat on, right. I think we need to be diligent to, to look you know, to get our, to get a few quotes, not as we're searching for the bottom, but we're searching for who's the most quality. What, what's their character? What's their portfolio? What's their work history? You know, how Mitchell Gordy's just built this dream shop in North Carolina that I was at and he was the general contractor. So it's like he would get a minimum of two to four quotes per guy that would do whatever work to find out which guy is the most competent, going to show up, has a history, can get the job done. And, and I think we need to be very careful, even as we build our business, not to just willy nilly. Yeah. You know, we'll hire you Pookie. We need to really think about who we're going to hire and, and why. Right. And even, even beyond the psychology of the customer, which you just described really well, there's the psychology of the business owner, because if you are, um, uh, most of your customers are price only shoppers. That is sort of like being in an environment where it's a race to the bottom with your competition in terms of pricing. But you had a company that um, got the very best customers in your area because you made sure that you did because you did your marketing research. And that was a totally different mindset working with them because it was not a race to the bottom in price. It was a competition of how can I be better than I was the last time I worked with them. And it was a race with yourself to improve the value that you brought. Yeah, to clarify, it wasn't a bar. Initially, it wasn't market research. I had a guy, uh, Vic, th th this guy, never knew what this guy did. I still, I still don't know. But I lived in this apartment complex and there was this guy who never worked, Vic. And uh, I'm thinking I'd come home, you know, I'd, I'm working two, three jobs. I'm working at Carabas. I'm working lawn care. I'm working at the radio station. I'm work, 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 work. I'm never home. I'm just, I'm always working when I come home. I'm sweating. I'm tired. And there's Vic, you know, sitting there smoking a cigarette. How you doing, man? And I'm like, how's this guy paying his rent? I mean, the guy never works, you know? What's his deal? So, uh, I still don't know, but one day, uh, old Vic's sitting there and, and he's like, Hey Paul, you know? And he's like, uh, he's like, can you help me move a couch? And I'm thinking, it's one of those things I'm thinking, I don't want to move a couch, but, but it's like, what am I going to do? Say no. And then go lay out at the pool. You know what I mean? So I was like, I eat my neighbor. He's going to see, I ain't got nothing going on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go play Madden or I'm going to go lay out the pool. I'm like, got off work. Right. So I'm thinking like obligation wise, I, I feel like I'm stuck. I got to help him move the couch. Right. So I'm like, sure. And I'm thinking like the couch is, we're moving it from the family room to the living room or from the wherever bedroom to we're moving in his apartment. So I said, sure. And he's like, all right, cool. And he had this raggedy Toyota Camry raggedy. And, uh, I'm like, it's like 1992, one of those Toyota Camrys, right? And Cause Toyota makes a good vehicle, but when it's 30 years old or 20 years old, it's still older. So I'm like, all right. So he's like, get in my car. And I'm thinking this guy's, you know, I have no idea other than the guy doesn't work. So <laughs> where are we going? You know what I mean? And, uh, I'm real nervous. So I'm like, okay. And, and, and I don't ask like where we're going, how long are we gone? Like he could, you know, 
Kidnap Kid, you. Kidnap me and that's it, you know? <laughs> and uh, obviously he didn't. We got Green Industry Podcast still rolling on today. So we get in. I know I'm not saying anything. I'm, t- I'm nervous, so to be honest. And he just starts driving. He's not saying anything. No music, no nothing. And we just start driving. And then we keep driving and driving and driving. And next thing you know, we're getting close to the country club where I used to work at. And I've heard about this country club because Matt Ryan lived in there. He's a quarterback at Atlanta Falcons, a bunch of rappers, um, you know, hip hop celebrities, celebrities live in there. And I've, I've heard about it, but I've, it's just, oh, on the other side of those trees is so-and-so's house. Right. So next thing you know, we pull into the, to the gate and I'm thinking, I'm still, he's not talking. I'm not talking. We pull, we pull up the security guard waves us in or whatever. And we're, we're in, I'm looking at these house. I remember the first house is this white house. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking, all right, you know, and, uh, then we're driving a little bit and we pull in and, and, uh, he says something about, yeah, it's my sister's place. And, and, uh, she's a talker or something like that. You know, I was like, whatever. So we get there and I'm like, you know, I grew up in Canton, Ohio. We don't have houses like this. You know what I mean? I mean, these are mansions in right, my world. These right. are like, wow. You know? And, uh, so I walk in and I, I have no relational intelligence at this point. I had a little bit, but not, I basically, I blurred out to this lady. I'm like, this is my shot. You know what I mean? It's like, Hey, I said, uh, who, who cut your grass? You know? And, uh, she's like, Oh, we're so mad fed up with those guys. They haven't been doing a good job. And we're actually our contract with them's coming up soon. And she's like, why do you ask? And I was like, Oh, I, I you know, I own James or whatever, you know, but I think back then my company was Paul Jameson long care. There's a raggedy little business card. I was like, oh, you know, my company, we could do a better job than that. And, you know, give us a shot, blah, blah, blah. I give her my best sales pitch, right? Totally neglect Vic in the couch. I'm sitting there putting my salesman hat on and I give her my card. Well, she follows up with me and calls me and is like, hey, are you still interested in, in giving us a quote? <laughs> and I didn't know anything about numbers back then. So I said 35 bucks. This is like a hundred minimum, minimum, minimum of a hundred dollar uh, service per service minimum probably most guys would charge more but um i didn't know what i was doing so i was like 35 bucks oh my goodness <laughs> which was not the right price right if you if you charge it if you charge a dollar a minute and you're doing it solo that'd be 120 bucks right because it took me two hours i'm out there for two hours for 35 bucks but anyway that's how i got in that neighborhood i did her yard and then she started telling some of her neighbors about you know this poor kid they'll do their yard for free basically let's <laughs> think that's how i got started so just to clarify i didn't do my market research like oh this is the nicest neighborhood in atlanta let me get in it was i randomly did an act of kindness to help vic out not even out of the goodness of my heart out of i was Kind of stuck to say yes. But that's, deal. that's why Vic brought you there? No, Vic brought me there to move the couch. So eventually oh, we moved oh, this right. super fancy couch, you know, for his sister. Very, very fancy couch. And, um, you know, moved it, gave her my card. Was shocked when she called me back. And then that opened, that got me in the neighborhood. And then from one thing led to another, to another, to another that, you know, probably seven or eight years in, I'd just be out mowing and, you know, the, the moms will be walking there. Sometimes they put the dog in the stroller. Sometimes there's a baby in the stroller and all, you know, all these ladies are walking. Hey, Paul, like, every, like everyone knew, even not people who want my customers, just everyone in the neighborhood knew Paul. Cause I was in there every single day for seven or eight years. And, and there's not that many houses. Every, you just, everyone drives by, sees the truck. And, and, and I became the, I became an expert, you know, um, 
Yeah, and you had that third-party validation, which is uh, word of mouth, the very best and the very cheapest marketing is word of mouth. But you know what? Them seeing you, just seeing you mowing the yard, how you're dressed, what your yeah. truck looks like, going in and out, that right there was marketing. I had a guy um, very early on, I used to wear, I didn't know what I was doing, so I used to wear like my gym shorts like this and a t-shirt, just very, very amateur move right out of the gate. And I was doing... Um, one of the, one in my customer's yards and he comes out one day and, uh, he, he cussed a lot. So I'll omit the language, but he's like, Paul, what the beepity beep beep are you wearing? And I was like, well, it's hot out here, man. And he's like, do you know who lives over there? And he's, you know, he's just pointing and bragging. He's, you know, that's the CEO of blah, blah, blah. Do you know who lives over there? And he's like, he's like, listen, I never want to see you in that beepity beep again get yourself some khaki pants, khaki shorts, get yourself a golf shirt and, 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 and meet these guys level. And, and basically he was saying, you, you don't understand who these people are, but dress to impress. And, and that stuck with me. And I really did from that moment on, you know, I, I had a, a, a go-to outfit with khaki shorts and a, and a golf shirt and dress the part, uh, to, to really show these people that they could trust me. And, and eventually I got good at what I did the first, first year. I still don't know. I think my price was so low. They just hired me. Uh, but I don't know. Wait, did you increase your price with that lady that you talked about who got you in the door there? Oh yeah. The, the, the rate, the rate increase letter, baby. So years later I had to, I had to make the rate increase letter. Uh -huh. So that's, that's a great segue guys. Let's do this. Dr. Frank, let's bring you on for another episode. We'll get, get into these 12. Um, and uh, maybe on the next episode. So you guys make sure you're following the podcast. That way, when a new episode comes out, um, you can see that. Dr. Frank sets these segues up so easy, but we really do have a rate increase letter that's a template. It's a plug and play that makes it so, so simple. A guy just left us a review today on it and said it takes the guesswork out of it. You can just plug in your customer's name and send them the letter and it will let them know that their price is being raised and why. And um, all of that will be in today's uh, show notes. And thanks again to today's show sponsors, GPS Track It. They're doing a free trial in, in August. And uh, thanks to our friends at Hardscape Academy, Gulf Coast Bookkeeping. And also the link to G, um, GIE Expo will be in today's show notes. Uh, they can save 50% off with promo code Paul. What do you got to say, Dr. I Frank? just want to give a teaser on the next episodes. Okay. And the 12 really break down into uh, items of research that anybody can do and they really need to do. Items related to strategy for getting and keeping customers. And then uh, one very key idea on having the right messaging. That's basically what it boils down to. But there's so much more to say about each of that. We'll bring you up on tomorrow's program. Dr. Frank coming back. If these ratings keep coming up, come and keep growing like they are, Dr. Frank. We're going to keep you coming around, man. Doing wonders for us. All right, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.